Welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. This is the place where you'll learn cutting-edge personal brand strategies from today's most recognizable influencers. We're going to teach you how to build a rock-solid reputation and then how to turn that reputation into revenue. I'm your lead host, Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group, Hall of Fame speaker, and New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs. Hi, it's AJ Vaden, and thanks for listening to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. Did you know that the ideas we share on the show are things we actually specialize in helping you implement? If you want to raise your public profile and turn your reputation into revenue, please visit freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for a free brand strategy call with one of our personal brand strategists. Again, that's freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for your free call. Talk to you soon. John Rulin is one of my favorite dudes. He's one of my favorite guys, I, like a real life friend. And there's several things that I love about John, which I'll tell you about. So I'll give you the officials first. So he's the founder and the author of Giftology. He's been featured in tons of major news outlets, Fox News, Forbes, Fast Company. He is also the, the number one performer historically all time at over one and a half million sales reps for one of the world's most recognizable brands and direct sales companies. And you'll hear, you'll hear a little bit about that as we talk. And so he speaks at big corporate events, really about customer loyalty, about referrals without asking, about just kind of like creating connections and, and relationships and trust. And the reason I've asked him to come talk about it is one, because his expertise is really brilliant and it's unique and it's very different from something you would hear someone talk about. But the other thing is homeboy drinks his own Kool-Aid and he has built a massive personal brand and continues to be like this rising star, I think, among influencers because he does what he actually teaches people to do, which is always like my number one litmus test. And so anyways, John, welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. Roy, thanks for having me, man. I wish we were hanging out in your place in Tennessee, but this is the second best right now. Totally, totally. So tell, tell me, first of all, what is Giftology? All right, so let's start, let's start there with like your normal expertise and, and why does it matter? And, and then we'll talk about how do we incorporate this as a part of our strategy to building you know, an influential brand. Yeah. Well, people don't necessarily care about gifting. Like nobody like wakes up in the morning and says, man, I got to become a better gifter, but everybody cares about relationships. You know, mm. everybody, every business rises and falls. Every brand rises and falls on relationships with clients and employees, partners, joint venture, event planners, you name it. And most people, if they're honest with themselves, they suck at showing gratitude and appreciation in a very meaningful way to those important people, whether it's at home to your significant other. Most people just aren't very good at that. And so the core of giftology is really just a systematic marketing process. Mm. It makes it sound very calculated, but there are, it's a recipe on how to stand out, be memorable. So if you want to drive access with people, if you want to drive referrals, there is a formula 
to it that's been really followed for thousands of years. And I think in our transactional Western culture, we forgot what those triggers are, what those things are. And, and you know, there's been a lot of people that have done studies on it, Robert Cialdini with influence, and we're just tapping into the psychology of things and do it in a way that's not manipulative, that in a way that really honors relationships and plays relationships for everybody says they play the long game, but most people it's days and we play the relationship game for decades. Yeah. And so just to jump right in on this, to give people a real life example of how serious you are about this, hopefully you don't mind me sharing. And if you do, I'm going to share it anyways. <laughs> you, 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 you're a brand builders group client. So we're proud to have had opportunity to, to, to team up with you because we believe in you. But the thing that you did that nobody has ever done or asked to do since you is you, you know, you came to our house, you were one of our early clients and you know, we were doing stuff here, you know, in the, in the, in the workroom at, at Baden Villa and you threw a party you were like, hey, can I throw a party while I'm at your house? Yeah. And so you invited. <laughs> so tell people about this party. I'm convinced that you spent, you had to have spent more on the party than you spent with us or close, like close to it yeah. for a one night party as you did on the actual strategy. And now what I realize is you weren't really interested in our strategy. You were really just trying to rent our house. Um, and <laughs> so now I got a two for one deal out of it. Uh, but, but tell us just as that night, as an example, I was just, it was so powerful to me. Yeah. Well, I think that there's so much noise right there. And, and, and a lot of times people will, you know, they do the same dinners, ball games, rounds of golf, like everybody re it builds relationships the same way. And for us, like I would rather do a once in a lifetime experience for a group of mm. five people than to do a mediocre experience for 5,000 people. And that's what most people do. But they, they, they're like, hey, we throw a big party, the more the merrier. And it's like mid-tier, you know, wine, mid-tier alcohol, low-tier food, you know, like trinkets and, you know, a low-tier band. And, and so when I was, I was like, man, I'm going to be with you. There's a lot of, you know, this kind of like the Nashville mafia in your area, like all these great influencers and people that are either friends or people that I would love to hang out with, not with an agenda just to hang out with. And even people outside, they're just looking for an excuse to hang out in Nashville. And I wanted to connect them to you because I, I wanted to build. Yeah, you. we got so, great relationships out of it. I mean, there yeah. were really awesome people there. Yeah. So most people would have their dinner at, at Morton's or someplace like that. And, you know, they're like, oh, $150 a head. And I'm like, what? If I'm going to throw an event, I want it to be something that people are talking about a decade later because now like the story starts to transfer. Like if you want to become known, you have to do a once in a lifetime or I call it like a love bomb, like something that's like has ripple effects. Mm, love and, bomb. Yeah. Like most people shoot bullets. Like I want to shoot, I want it, I want it to be an atomic bomb. And, and I was like, you have a beautiful house. What can we do that would be amazing? I'm like, everybody loves wine. And one of my friends is the first master sommelier ever in the US, there's only like 220 of these guys globally. And it's harder to get this certification than it is to become a doctor and a lawyer together. There's only crazy. 220 people, it's crazy. And so Eddie Osterlin teaches people how to use food and wine as a competitive advantage. He calls it power entertainer, that's what his book is. And to get him to come in and speak, normally like American Express will pay 25 grand for him to come in and orchestrate a food and wine experience. And then that's on top of the wine that you need to have that's unique and the food that needs to pair with it. And so I'm like, Eddie's a good friend. I've opened up a bunch of doors for him. He's a client. And so we flew Eddie out to your house. 
We coordinated with a top caterer. We had Eddie reach out to his wholesale wine relationships to get some wine that nobody else would have access to. And because of that, Tucker Max and guys from Texas and other places said, I'll fly in just for 24 hours, Mark, Tim, just to hang out and be a part yeah. of this, this gathering. And so rather than open it up for 200 people and have it just be okay, it was like, what, 22 people? you know, in the house. Yeah. Like, it was a very small group of people, but I would rather, my, here's my thing. I would rather spend $20,000 on one relationship that is like a Cameron Harold who, you know, is literally like hit the 20 grand I've invested in him, which sounds crazy over 10 years. That's not at one time. has turned into seven figures. So it was a 50 X ROI. People are, you know, like brag about their three X ROI on Facebook, which is fine on ads, but I'm like the return on relationship. If you're mm. willing to do it the right way, play the long game for decades and do it with no strings attached. So there's no manipulation. Like Jeff Goins asked me afterwards. He's like, dude, you didn't ask me. There's no pitch. You just did that just because. And yeah. Like, and you didn't, and you haven't said this. And I just want to make sure people don't understand. So first of all, okay. So it was at our house, which you didn't have to rent, but you did pay us, you know, our normal handsome fee for <laughs> private strategy session. So again, it was either rental free and it was, and it was worth so, it. And you flew this, U.S. this master sommelier in from what California? Yes, La Jolla. Yep. Bought all this wine, which was crazy, like amazing wine. Paid for this incredible caterer, like all this like great food, renting tables and chairs, like renting all the stuff and people to come and clean up and all this. And nobody got charged. This was just a handful of people that you invited and no, you didn't ask anyone to share. There wasn't like pass a basket. There wasn't like, Hey, can you have me on my podcast? You're just going like when I want people to really grasp what's doing here. Cause it was it like 20 grand. Is that, I mean, it was maybe 10 grand. I mean, it was, it was probably, it was at least five grand, yeah, probably yeah. 10, maybe even more than that. It was more than that. <laughs> yeah. So, and it wasn't like, Hey, who can have me on their podcast or how much the want? It was just like, it was a love bomb. People didn't even know who you were. Like some of the people didn't even know you were the one throwing the party. There were people I invited and they thought I threw the party, which was awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, yeah, we, we, we spent, we spent <laughs> 10 grand on this experience for you. But so the thing that blows my mind is to go like, it's one thing to go, yeah, you should do this. But to witness it with my own eyes of like you going, this is like a big swing for the fence but yet you're not actually swinging. There's no ask. It was like, it wasn't like, Hey, I've got a business opportunity for y'all. It was just loving and friends and people flew in for it. It was nuts. Yeah. That was how I met Tucker Max. I never met him. I mean, there were some people there that were incredible. Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing. I think in, in general, everybody says they're first class, best in class, world class. Everybody says they're, you know, they're a plus this or they're, they're a, you know, they're bestseller of that. And I think that, you know, look, look at your calendar and look at your pocketbook and I'll tell you what your priorities are. And, you know, for us, if you're a person of faith, you reinvest 10%, you know, as a tithe back into your faith, into the church, because that's what God, God's called us to do, to multiply and to trust him. And, and I think that for me, like you should be doing that with your relationships. You should be reinvesting mm -hmm. a percentage of your profits, because if you're not, you're not reinvesting back in the people that allowed you to have a business or a opportunity anyway. And that's just silly. Like, why would you not take 10% of your profits to reinvest back into clients and employees and partners and to keep them as a relationship, to grow them? And hopefully, 
the, the secret sauce is, is that if I've done this with enough people, people are like, John, how many sales reps do you have? And I'm like, I have thousands. And they're like, how do you afford thousands of sales reps? And I'm like, well, I take a percentage of my profits. I reinvest them back mm -hmm. into guys like you or Cameron Harold or other guys that I, could, I couldn't afford you as a sales rep for a million dollars. And yet with being strategic with my generosity and my gratitude and being thoughtful with it and doing it the right way, I get a thousand X ROI over time on the back end because I have people like you and others that I could never afford advocating for me in the corners of the world I would never get access to. And that's, you know, we've been doing that for 20 years. I started when I was 20. I just turned 40 last month. And people are like, where did you come from? Like, you're overnight success. And I'm like, dude, I've been modeling this for 20 years. And now some of the seeds I planted a decade ago are bearing fruit. Yeah, I mean, you were just on this virtual summit with Sarah Blakely and Dean Graziosi and Damon John that Pete Vargas put on. And it's like, your face is right there with like all of these incredible people. It's just so awesome. It's that, that concept, return on relationship. It's such a cool idea, but uh, yeah, like talk to me about the manipulation factor because it's, it's like I really like the power of that, but also not to misconstrue what you're saying, you're not actually measuring it. You're not actually tracking the referrals that come from somebody. You're, you're not, you know, it's not like a Facebook ad where you're actually going, yeah, how many leads came directly from this ad or that ad? This is like by faith. Yes. Yeah. Well, there is strategy to it. What I would say is that I will, you find out over time who's a giver, who's a taker, and who's a matcher. So Adam Grant's concept of there's mm. givers, takers, and matchers. I tend to surround myself with guys like John Hall and you and John Rampton and Bob Glazer and Pete Vargas, guys that are givers because I don't have to keep like those types of people. I, I call it the, the outgive effect. Like everybody's trying to one up each other, but with generosity. And when you hang out and surround yourself with and pour most of your generosity into others that you know, whether they pay it back to you or they pay it forward, you know, like there's going to be a positive ripple effect from that. And so I do think that there are times where I'm like, you, know, you give a few times and you're like, gosh, that person's like taking and they're not generous and they're kind of a douchebag. I will pull back in certain areas because I'm not tracking referrals, but I'm seeing who they are as a person. I'm seeing what they're up to. I'm seeing how they respond to people. And so it's not that you're just like shooting shotguns of willy nilly. Like we invited... 22 people to your house. Yeah, yeah you're not going to the bar and being like, drinks for everybody. Hey, come on over. You, you know, you got yeah. a pulse. So there is thought put into it. But the thing is, is that you're not, like when you put strings attached or you have expectations after that, that somebody better have you on the show or better do this or do that. Like, I think Robert Cialdini's proven it with enough research over 30 years that if you do nice things for people, God's woven it into our DNA to want to reciprocate. Sometimes that plays out now. Sometimes they're in a position of power or timing a decade from now. And you don't know how that's going to play out. My original mentor, Paul, who is like this rainmaker of a, an attorney, he was incredible because he like, he did this for 40 years. I saw him when he was 60 and I'm like, I want to be him when I'm 60. Mm. And he just did things naturally because that's who he was. And I, as a poor farm kid, I was like, I want to be Paul when I'm 60 and I'm 20 at the time. So I got 40 years to get there. And so there is strategy to it. It's not, you know, there's strategy on the amount they're reinvesting. There's strategy in who you're targeting. But the, the, the kicker that most people ruin it is with expectation and trying to 
give and then get, give and then immediately ask. And Vaynerchuk's mm-hmm. talked about it for decades. You know, it's, it, it's jab, 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 right hook. It's not jab, right hook. It's, it's give over and over again. Maybe you earn the right to ask after you've done it over and over and over again. But most people, they, they, they shortchange themselves and ruin the relationship by asking too quickly or, or, or with expectation. So I want to talk about time of when to give, actually, because I think this is one of the things that, you know, like you've taken this concept and built a whole career out of it. The book is like the book, the concepts, your keynote is fantastic, right? I always joke on this show like you're one of the people I actually refer to clients and stuff and tell people, hey, you should, because it's really, really quality like of just your story. One of the things that jumps out to me is the concept of when to gift. And you really opened my eyes to this. And so can you talk about, I mean, call it the wrong time or just like when, when do you recommend gifting and when do you not? Yeah. So when we walk people through our process and step by step, most people want to start with what they're giving. And that's like the seventh step in the process. Timing, mm. timing is just as important, if not more important than what you're giving. And so most people, their whole focus is on what's cool and sexy. And what I tell people is, you know, the timing, it has to be no ABC gifting. So no anniversaries, no birthdays, no Christmas. And really what that means is you're not giving gifts out of obligation or expectation. So if you, you know, take your wife, for example, if you only did gifts on, you know, Valentine's Day, anniversary, birthday, Christmas, like those are table stakes. Like that just gets you even. But yeah, you that's start, what you do to not get fired from your marriage. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you're and not getting promoted. You're, that's what you're doing to not get fired. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so with clients or referral centers or joint venture partners, like most people, it's like, hey, I have a, I have a launch coming up. I better send a gift a week before. That's, mm. that's a tit for tat. Oh, I just closed a big deal. I better give a gift. Well, they give you a million dollars. Here's your $250 Starbucks gift card. Like it feels very transactional. And most people, if they're honest with themselves, they consider themselves a relationship person, not a transactional person. Mm. But most of the gifting that they do is it's Christmas. I need to send a gift. So I tell people it should be planned randomness. You should send gifts for two reasons. One is just because. And what, when you do that, you, set, you pick a time like, you know, the middle of July, and you send out gifts to your top, say, 20 relationships or top 200 relationships, because you didn't tie it to any sort of transaction or deal or trigger, you send it just because the other person, that's how people are like, John, you, you send all these knives. How do people not like, how does it not get old? And I'm like, well, when I, our clients send out knives to people, it's not tied to Christmas or a holiday or birthday. It's sent out, hey, I was just thinking of you. would love to carve out some time to be with you, blah, blah, blah. So the person who receives it, even though there might be 200 of the same gift that went out, the person who gets it's like, I can't believe Rory was thinking about me. So there's a, the timing makes it a surprise and delight. When we walk people through a process and lay out a plan, a relationship plan, everybody has a financial plan, a marketing plan, a health plan, an eating plan, workout plan. Nobody has a relationship plan. One of the things is I'm like, here, you need to have one to four times a year that the other person you're sending the gift to is not expecting it and you're not asking them for anything, you're just sending it out as just because. The only other time I'll say that a gift makes sense is the asset and the commodity that will never get back is when you take somebody's time. Like that's the most precious asset. And yet most people are like, I wanna pick your brain. Hey, I wanna do this, I wanna do that. It's like, you wanna waste my time. And, I, and that could be worth hundreds or thousands of dollars an hour. So if somebody gives me five minutes of their time, I'll send them sometimes a $500 gift. And the other person, even a billionaire, I've had billionaires reach back out and say, John, 
your thoughtful note and your gift after I gave you five minutes was nicer than what some of my relationships that I do $10 million deals with has ever sent me. And now guess whose phone call they will take six months, six years from now? Mine, because I appreciated their time, their most valuable asset that most people waste. So the timing of surprising and delighting people, like when we did the thing at your house, it wasn't Christmas, it wasn't our anniversary, it was, I'm in town, I'm with my buddy Rory, let's do something fun. Like it wasn't tied to anything other than, let's do something cool, let's be generous, I'm grateful that Rory is pouring into my team, we're all together, why, why don't we celebrate? And I think that's where people are like, hey, I gotta wait till 50th anniversary before I throw a party for people, or I gotta wait till somebody leaves my company after 20 years to throw a party. Like that's so old school and idiotic. It makes no sense. Like let's be more proactive and find reasons out of the blue to love on people. And that's where people are like, I can't believe you did that. Yeah, that is wild. That, that is the part. And it's like the timing is a lot of times it's like, whether it's a $5 gift or a $5,000 gift, like Mary Kay used to have, you know, my mom sold Mary Kay and they used to have this saying, they were like a $5 gift, but a $50 bow. And they would say that as just like, it was a $5 gaff card, but they would present it in this bag with like glitter on it and stand in front of the room. And it made people feel special. It was like, it's all about, you know, making them feel appreciated, like you're saying. So how do you use this as like a business? Like you're using this to get keynotes or only as thank you gifts, like in a business setting, what are you doing? And, and it also- out? Yeah, like how does this how does this play out in a like you're trying to get clients or win clients or whatever? Yeah. So so we have clients of all sizes and shapes and we have half a million dollar authors to Fortune 500 companies, but at the end of the day, people, you know, when we spoke at Google, they're like, "Hey John, does this work in technology?" And I laughed. I'm like, "Are there human beings here?" And they're like, "Well, yeah." And I'm like, "Well, then it works. I don't care if you're a solopreneur <laughs> that you did 100 grand last year or whether you're Google, like if it involves human beings, it works. So, so one of the things that we take all of our clients, whether it's professional service firms, financial advisors, speakers, you know, widget manufacturers, I'm like, let's do a 360 degree view of all of your relationships, your suppliers, mm -hmm. your clients, your joint venture partners, your investors, your mentors, your board of directors, anybody that has allows you to either have a business or that you need to build a relationship with in order to grow your business. So from a speaking perspective, most people, when they get hired you know, to do a keynote, you know, seven years ago, I was begging to speak for free. And we just did a deal in Australia with books and travel. It was an $85,000 keynote. So seven years, we went from free to with guys like you pouring into us and, and understanding things. But part of that reason that that happened was I built relationships and poured into, I gift other speakers. I love on other speakers and people are like, aren't those your competitors? I'm like, no, those are other people that are interacting with amazing stages. And if I do a great job and I love on those people and they bring me up in conversation, they become a sales rep for me. They have the tight, the tight relationship. The other people that we've done gifts for, for a long time, most people are like, oh, the CEO, of the company that I'm speaking for, I got to send him or her a gift. And I spend as much, if not more on the assistant and the event planner. I call it the inner circle. Why? Because the event planner oftentimes gets only the credit if the event goes bad. You know, it's oftentimes a person who's working their butt off. And yeah, they're the one like, doing all the work. They're actually the, the one doing all the work. Yeah. So, so a lot of the events I speak on, I do these, I surprise the event planner with this $1,000 mug 
like a thousand dollars for a mug. I'm like, it tells a person's whole life story. And I just gave one to a group called Forum 400, which is like all these top insurance brokers. And I gave it to the event planner. I'd never met her before, but I heard she was an amazing person, person of faith, and did the research to find out about her. And from the stage, I gave her this mug. And her name's Amy. And she came up, like, ugly crying in front of everybody, gave me a hug. And I didn't realize she actually works for an association management company. And they mm. literally represent a 1,000 associations. And she's become my biggest cheerleader and advocate because she was so blown away by how I treat her. Now, I didn't ask for anything. I didn't even know she worked for an association management company. I just knew she was working her butt off for this group. And I thought she was employed by the group. And so what I would say is that if you can take a inventory of all the people that are important to you and then go another layer deeper into their inner circle, you know, I started out when I was in college investing $500 a month in gifting. And that was a lot for a college kid at 20. That's six grand a year. This year, our gifting budget will approach 600000 for the year, personally. 80%. I think we should throw a half million dollar party at Vaden Villa. If that's the budget, <laughs> we should do a half, a half million dollar party at Vaden Villa. I'm just putting that out there. Just putting this, that out this there. is rounding error. Leave 100 grand for tangible <laughs> gifts and 500 grand for, dude, we could do a, we, yeah, I mean, we could do a heck of a bash there. We um, got to get past the COVID-19 thing though, because we, it, yeah, we got to have a bunch of people. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not, I'm not afraid to push the envelope there, but we, that's another conversation. So, so what, I, what I'd say is 80% of a, of your relationship building budget or your marketing budget or business dev budget, think about the people that are important to you through six degree view, the more important than what you're giving. So identify those people and then who's their spouse, who's their assistant or chief of staff, who's the event planner, who are the kids? That's where when people are like, dude, you still send stupid knives. And I'm like, Last time I checked, most people are married or have a significant other. Most people have a kitchen. Most people are foodies or cook or entertain. We're sending more knives than we ever have. Like when the New York Times interviewed us, they thought I was joking when I said the knives are our, our number one gift. And I, they're like, that was your college thing, right? And I'm like, we sell millions of dollars in knives because people still crave that practical, unique, out of the blue, something that includes their family. And so what I would say is, Focus on the event planners, focus on the, the people that are lower in stature, because oftentimes they're treated like crap. And if you can honor them and treat them with respect and treat them like a peer, I, that's how we landed the Orlando Magic as a big client. It was not because of the CEO, he made the decision to sign off on the first order, but it was the assistant, Cheyenne, who became my internal sales rep and helped us land our first six-figure deal with an MBA team. It was the person below that I loved on for years and not in a weird manipulative way. It was just honoring the relationship and she went and became my internal sales advocate. So I would say if you want to build a personal brand, realize that there's the influencer CEOs, those are great, but take care of the people around them in a way that's not weird or manipulative. And if you can do that consistently over time, those people will start to look out for you and start to open doors that you can never. I have. mean, this is just so true because like, if somebody is nice to AJ, they're in. If they're mean to AJ or worse, if they don't, it's like, it's worse to not acknowledge her. She's the CEO of Brand Builders Group, but it's like, she decides where we go, what we do, who we spend time with, where I go, like, and she's a softie, right? So, it, you're, you're just, that's just so true. It's like, that is taking care of their inner circle, makes them feel special. It's also, in a weird way, like, it you know, if it was like the CEO and the assistant, it, it, I think it actually makes the CEO feel good that somebody else is loving on their 
person. Makes them feel like the hero. They're the king. They're the queen. And because of their hard work, other people around them are benefiting. Like any leader loves to see the people that they care about. Their yeah. Kids, kids, their spouse. Because oftentimes you feel guilty when, you know, like I travel away from my family and I'm at like Pebble Beach drinking nice bottles of wine. And my, my wife is taking care of our little ones and they like the flu. And anytime somebody can honor my wife or my assistant or my team or my kids, like yeah. I, feel, I win too. Yeah. So it's, it's such a simple concept, but. So we have to wrap up here, but like this is, this has worked so well for you. Like even, and I've known you now for, I don't know how many years, but it's been many years. And to see how you're, you know, advanced your own personal brand. Like you've always been great at business. You've always been moving tons of knives and like building relationships with people. But some years ago you were like, I'm going to become an author and like, I'm going to become in this community. And like now here, here you are sharing the virtual stage with Damon John and Sarah Blakely and you know, all these crazy people because of your relationship with Pete and how much Pete, you know, adores you and, and loves you. You said it's a system, which is one of the things I also like that even though you're not like measuring the ROI, there is a system here. And yeah. so, you know, like you mentioned you had a budget. How do you figure out what the budget should be? Like, is it roughly a percentage of profit or percentage of sales or like, or just, just as a, you know, starting point? Yeah. So what I'd say is, you know, we, we've perfected it over you know, almost 20 years now. And it, you know, starting with the who, the relationships, the when, the why, all that kind of stuff, like you got to map out and identify the pool of people first of who that is. And every business, some people, it's 10 people, some people, it's 10,000 people, but it's still just human beings. We charge a lot of money to walk people through that process because that's the, if you don't get the foundation right of who you're going after and budgeting properly, like the, what you're going to send and all the other stuff like is meaningless. And so if your tribe wants to go download the entire process of what we charge thousands to do, if, they, if we do it, walk them through it personally, then go to giftologysystem.com and download our entire- Giftologysystem.com? Yeah. Giftologysystem.com, all one word? All one word, Giftology System. But the budgeting question, every company's different as far as what their margins are. In general, I don't care what somebody's revenue is, I care what profit is. Mm. And so- you know, sometimes these companies, mortgage companies, whatever else, like, oh, we did 40 billion in revenue last year, but we did 4 million in profit. I'm like, okay, let's work with a $4 million number, not the $40 billion. And so for us, it's a percentage of net profit or a percentage of gross profit. We're in the 15 to 20% realm. I think a good baseline is 10% of whatever your, your net profit is. So if you make $1,000 on a relationship, you know, reinvesting $100 back into them to show them you know, that, hey, you're thinking of them. Obviously, you're never going to send something to somebody that's a high level person that they couldn't go buy for themselves. So it's not about the item. It's about the thoughtfulness that goes into it. That's why the engraving and the personalization, that's why the handwritten note, that's why all the details around it, people will say, John, I've done giftology and it doesn't work. And I'm like, well, did you follow the recipe? And they're like, well, I kind of did. And I'm like, it's like baking bread. Either if you don't put yeast in, you don't get bread. Mm. And so people forget the little details around it and they think they're doing what we're doing but really they're sending stuff from Amazon with a type letter and they're like, the person didn't even respond. I'm like, well, do you think you can automate relationships? Do you think something showing up from Amazon is going to work? Like that feels different than if it came from one human sent to another human. So the budgeting. You know, <laughs> so that's it, not in the plan. Don't send it from Amazon. No. If you order it from Amazon, send it to your house and you then repackage it. it and then send it. And people are like, well, that's a lot Good of work. Tip. 
I'm like, yeah, that's, <laughs> why, why do you think our agency exists? Like if it was easy, everybody would do it. If it was yeah. easy, it'd be like, they're, they're, it's not that people don't know what to do. When they hear the recipe, they're like, that's it? And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's all we do. Like we do this, 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 and this. I'm like, well, that doesn't sound that hard. And I'm like, if you do it for one human, it's not. But if you want to do it for a dozen humans consistently, or if you yeah. want to do it for two dozen, and so the budgeting, figuring that out and saying, hey, if I make $1,000, I'm going to reinvest 100 But 10% of net profit is 10%. a rough like. Yeah, you can go you know. higher than that. Like some of our clients are like, John, I'll, I'll invest 20%. Like I invest 18% in, in revenue and marketing expenses. Like if I can invest a percentage of profit back into my relationships and turn them into a referral source. So like, you know, like these speakers are like, man, my, my average stage is you know, $12,000, like I would gladly do a grand or two if mm -hmm. it even turned into three years from now, another speaking deal or another consulting deal or another whatever. And so I think that's where people don't understand is they, they want the immediate, I invest a dollar, I immediately have to make the money. And they're not willing to plant the acorn that becomes this massive oak tree over the course of five or 10 or 15 or 20 years. Like they want to put the money in. And so the budgeting I tell them, like, you don't have to spend all of your marketing dollars with Giftology, but if you take your entire pool of money of what you spend on building your business, just mm -hmm. take a sliver of it and redirect it towards pouring back into all of your people and do it for three years and do it th with following the recipe and come back to me and tell me it didn't pay the biggest dividends of anything that you've ever invested into. Because to me, yeah. the relationships are where, like, especially in a valley, we find out who has our back. We find out when we're backed into a corner, you know, I know when I went, went through 2008 and almost lost the business, it was a handful of people that allowed me to survive. And I think that people forget that like Tim Ferriss's concept, like you don't need 10 million people. You need a thousand true fans. And I think you even need less than that. Like if you need, if you have 10 or 20 or 30 people that are raving true fans, like actively loyal, you get those kind of people behind you. Like, it's amazing what we can accomplish with a, with a small handful of people that are in our army and really willing to go to bat for us. There you have it, friends. Giftologysystem.com. This is John Rulin, author of Giftology. You can check out the book. Follow him online or go to Giftologysystem.com. John, thank you for being here. Thank you for this fresh perspective. And thank you for making me feel like crap for how bad I am at <laughs> gifting, as always, every time I talk to you. <laughs> all right. All right. My pleasure. All right. See ya. That's all we've got for this episode of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. But here's some great news. One of the most valuable things you can do to help us and other new potential listeners to find our show is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. So as a special bonus for you, if you leave us a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen, Take a screenshot of your review and email it to podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. We will give you free lifetime access to 25 of our most popular interviews on video in your own private members-only area. So go right now, rate us, review us, and then send a screenshot of it into podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com and we will get you set up with free lifetime access to our most popular video interviews all in one place. Also, please just share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. And until next time, remember that building a business isn't nearly as valuable as building 
a reputation. 